Welcome back to the jointhetrades.com interview series, where we talk to tradespeople and learn more about successful career paths straight from the source. Today, our guest is Benjamin Charles Suter, a heavy equipment operator with many years in the trades. Benjamin, how'd you get started? So um, I got started in heavy equipment uh, on my dad's farm as a kid. Um, he owned a, he has a farm and he owned a construction company that did a lot of dirt work, uh, waterways, uh, drainage, ditch cleaning and stuff like that. And uh, I learned most of the skills I use now right then and there. Um, I took a roundabout path to getting back into it, but uh, I, I, uh, went to work for a company that was getting into, uh, they were a construction company that were getting into dirt work and stuff. And then they never got into that. I ended up getting into the other stuff they were into because they never got into what they were supposed to be getting into. Uh, so I learned a bunch of like, I learned water blasting and, uh, I learned, uh, how to run back trucks and stuff, uh, through them because they never, they they were supposed to get uh, excavators and and uh, their endosers they were going to get into dirt work and they just never did so I ended up having to learn what they were doing. Um, so did that. Um, I worked for another company doing that um, after them, uh, and they uh, they actually had heavy equipment. They had uh, some excavators and some smaller stuff and uh, some payloaders and I, I I did that and then um, I decided why well, do that at $27 an hour when I can do that at $40 an hour and change so, my career. I think that's very cool I think heavy equipment operation is if I could go back and do a trade and I've heard that it, it's a, a good, tr it can be a good trade for women as well. I'd love to know your thoughts on that, but I think it's one that I'd be really interested in because I feel like that is like some transformer stuff, do you know? And I don't mean to be cheesy about this, but like you, you know, it's the kind of stuff you see in movies and cartoons, just the, the being able to operate these giant pieces of equipment to do and, and have the strength of like, you know, a robot. It's amazing. Anyway, I know that that's me throwing my my childish like nature at it, but uh. yeah. Well, I mean, I really think it's cool. Um, I have a lot of fun doing it. I mean, I really, I really do enjoy it. Um, my happy place is on a dozer doing rough cut. Nobody's around you. You're just out there doing your thing in front of everybody else, and you know, it's it's pretty. I think it's weird that I say Zen and bulldozer in the same sentence, but it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so I think it's kind of Zen. Um, the, uh, women in the trades, uh, I've seen quite a few and heavy operators. Um, we have, uh, on the job site I was on before, which is literally right next to the one I'm at now. I, uh, jump ship for different hours. It's the same company. Um, I just switched jobs with the guy to uh, for he got more hours than I got the hours I needed this summer uh, with my kids. And um, I was working with a um, 
with several uh, women on that one uh, that were running. Um, oh, the big haul trucks. Uh, they were running those around, and that was pretty cool. Um, I know we have others out there doing stuff. I just, you know, I'm drawing a blank right now because yeah. I'm on an interview, and that's how my brain works. So. <laughs> that's how a lot of people's brains work. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Nicole was throwing back to uh, aliens. I don't know if you remember, but Sigourney <laughs> Weaver is wearing yes. the full body yes. suit. It was so awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. How do you know well, hey. that? It's, it's so cool. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it is. It is super cool. All right. So so you got kind of in a roundabout way, got into the into the system. Now, as far as qualification goes to be working this machinery, what kind of specifics do you need? Are there certain licenses you need? Do you need to pass certain tests? Do you need a certain education? Uh, it depends on what you're trying to run. Um, I do mostly like dozer, track loader, and excavator, and there's no... Um, <laughs> There's some some skills tests out there, um, but nothing nothing crazy. Uh, you just got to pass the test. You don't have to um, really have an education as long as you've ran them enough that you can pass the test. It's fine. So, so what's the leap from there to like a, a crane operator or something like that? Yeah, crane operator, there's school involved. There's just a lot of math and a lot of complex uh uh, you got, you know, like, uh, stuff involved with that one. Um, I've looked into it, um, but I, I haven't tried to make the leap. Uh, I've just not convinced. I, I, am, uh, I wish I would have done it when I was younger. Um, now you're, I'm you're hardly 50. Wait, how old are you? You're not 50. I mean, you're like, um, I am 38. So Okay, so I think yeah. there's plenty of time. There's plenty look, of time. Look at me, I'm sitting here, I'm career advising over here. I'm just like, I'm like, do it, you can do it. I believe in you. And I know I can, I just keep like, uh, I just need to apply. I'm going to try to get in this winter and do it while we're slow. And that way I'm not missing out on the, the good money while it's... Um, I'm doing it. So, well, you know, speaking of uh, good money, back to something that you kind of casually threw out there earlier that I'm sure piqued people's attention. You were talking about making 27 bucks an hour, which is, I mean, it's not a not horrible. And then moving oh. up to well into the 40s, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's our uh, heavy highway, heavy railroad. Uh, and I forget what the other one is, but that's our rate for that. And um, we, if you're running like skid steers and stuff, like the, um, if you're if you're on like the building trade side and you're running like a telehandler or a skid steer, it's like 36 something, but, um, or a forklift, but the heavy side is um, 46 for, um, for journeyman and uh, or 40, sorry, 45, 40, 55, 40, 55. I messed that up on my video and then it went viral. They're <laughs> not viral, but like really gained traction. I'm like, well, I guess uh, they're gonna have to forgive 11 cents. Um, I, 
doing the math in my head. I'm our union steward in our job, and I make 18% more. And I don't know how I got it wrong when I did the math in my head. So, um, so but 40, yeah. 55 an hour, I mean, that's still, yeah. that's great money. That's great money. And so you're talking about, hey, well, if I want to go back to school and do the crane operation, then that's where the real good money is. But like that's 40 bucks an hour is already really yeah. great money. So I can't, I don't need, I can't imagine what the crane operators are making then. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not even 100% sure on that one. I, I did not have any of them answer my questions when I ask them. So I get a lot of really good, smi like, big smiles. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's good money. I'm like. They're gatekeeping. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Okay. They're, they're, they're gatekeeping is what they're A little doing. bit. A little bit. Um, I, I know that, like, the big lattice boom guy. Sorry, I'm. I know that the big lattice boom guys, uh, I know they make have to make pretty good money because that is some serious, crazy stuff when they're like flying up Christmas trees of I-beams up and mm -hmm. I don't know, I, I've seen some wild stuff over the years and uh, you got to make good money if you can do that. I mean, just, um, it's pretty wild. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, well, hey, let, let's. Oh, I apologize. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's start with, uh, with with what a day is like for you, right? I mean, how does your day function? How does your day play out? Um, Seven a.m. We do a, a toolbox safety brief every morning. Everybody um, on the job site goes through and says, like, here, you know. We talk about whatever the topic of the day is, and everybody they we go around a circle. And if anybody has anything to add, then you, you know, if anything you seen yesterday that you didn't bring up that you now feel more comfortable with bringing up, or something you thought about overnight or whatever, you bring up. But usually, the guys I work with were pretty open with each other. Like, hey, man, don't do it that way. Do it this way. You're, you're going to get yourself hurt, or you know, you're getting yourself in a bad spot. Especially like, um, I'm laying. Uh, we're I shouldn't say I am. We are laying 60-inch uh, internal diameter drainage pipe. Um, and we got laborers who are 30-some feet in the ground as we're trying to set this stuff in place and that. So, and they're, I mean, they're in the dig box and everything. But um, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you got to be – everybody's got to be communicating with each other. And everybody's got to be really – looking out for each other and make, you know, you don't want somebody who thinks the other guy's got it. If you see something starting to go sideways mm -hmm. or something that ain't, doesn't look quite right to you, like, Hey, those timbers are busted. Don't use those for your pad or I'll go find you some new ones or something. You want to be real comfortable with talking to each other about what you think's wrong, not just, or what you think doesn't look quite right to you or whatever. Cause if not, something goes sideways in a hurry. So, and we're all pretty good about directly talking to each other anytime we see anything that we aren't comfortable with or we thinks might becoming a problem or will become a problem in the future. So, we're pretty good at that one. So, so does the nature of the job then, because of the safety aspect of it, does that mean that you have a pretty like collaborative teamwork type environment? Depends. Uh, like we're. When like 
when Dan is setting pipe or something like that, or setting a structure, it, him and the laborer are working one-on-one. Everybody else is quiet and sitting out of the way and just just holding their breath till it's over. Because <laughs> um, yeah. sliding like the pipe into the bell is pretty pretty tight tolerance is wiggling them together and setting structures is a lot of weight swing over the edge and stuff, setting manhole structures and stuff like that. So everybody else is just being quiet and sitting out of the way and wait until he's done so he can help. But, but up until that point, we're all pretty open. We're talking to each other and saying what we need and what, what we need to, or what we think and, and that. So, or, so we're all, on the same page uh, but as soon as he starts doing something we start doing something complex whoever's in the process of doing that everybody else just zips it unless there's something that needs to be brought up immediately until it's over mm-hmm. okay so. so it's kind of an unspoken word that hey at this point we go ahead and let this uh complex work begin and take you know get that out of the way and then we're all good to roll yeah yeah Okay, so earlier you mentioned um, you use the word Zen. Uh, so how good you feel, obviously, up there uh, by yourself. That's clearly clearly one of the pros of the job for you specifically. But yeah. there has to be some other pros and cons. Why don't you talk about those? Um, yeah, the... The pros right now, um, there's not enough guys in it, so it's just really, really easy to like. If I need a day off, I don't. I like just need like a a day off or something. Like I need to go do something personal. Um, just telling your foreman, I've got, you know, a few days in advance. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Like. Uh, when I was younger, that was a problem, but uh, nowadays, the, it's it's a lot. Everybody's a lot more uh, easy going with you know letting you have personal time off with a, a few days' notice. Um, one of the guys I worked with wanted the day after Fourth of July off, and you know he just said, "Hey, I, I want to work. I don't want to work the day after Fourth of July." Like, and nobody had a real, you know, wasn't a problem. Um. You know, it's pretty, pretty good. Um, the jobs with, are in such high demand. Yeah, with us being in such high demand, it's, uh, yeah. even though you kind of, like, I always feel a little, I feel a little bad about, I, I try not to overuse it, but you know it's there now. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the old foreman there were a lot of yellow like don't get me wrong there's still some out there but most of the foreman who thought yelling and screaming was how you ran a crew uh, most of those guys are gone um they just with us being uh not being enough of us to go around uh, you consistently making guys walk off your job site became a, a real problem and they those guys i haven't seen those guys around like you used to. So uh, most of those guys are now in sales or something else. So um, I like I say that because most of the guys I know that were that way are in sales now, which is what it is. But um, I am glad they are not foreman anymore. <laughs> so um, 
What other pros do you have? Anything else? I know we talked about, hey, it's good pay. You're, it's high demand. So you've got a little bit of flexibility with your with your boss because they want to make sure you're happy. We hear that kind of across the board with trades careers these days because they're all in high demand. Benefits are great. Benefits? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Benefits are great. Um, and depending on, like, I, I have friends who are still through the union but are directly con, like, they're, contracted with a company and they don't they don't go work for somebody else mm -hmm. um, and those guys a lot of times the way they swing it is like the the company will pay all their benefits they'll pay their their retirement they'll pay their they'll pay their pension they'll pay their um insurance and stuff like that um all the way across the board which is nice our insurance is not that much money but um where I worked before it was worse insurance and more money. So uh, it's always a trade off, right? Yeah, it was a trade off. So, um, so it's kind of nice that, uh, that it's now less money and better insurance. Uh, but the employer pays a portion of it. So, um, whoever my employer is, is pays a portion of it and, um, they just pick up the rest of the tab if they they want to keep you. Um, usually, uh, depends. Everybody like when you're doing that, you're working out your own details with them. So, kind of depends on the company and stuff. So, but um, well, the, let me interject. The um, Nicole, you, you know, you mentioned how difficult it is to to fill to fill the jobs at this point, how few of you yeah. there are. Nicole mentions that in H HVAC, which she's a huge part of. Uh, many of the tradespeople I've talked about are, are just, you know, having a hard time filling this skilled labor gap. And that's obviously yeah. what we're doing here in general. You've already addressed a couple points. Certainly uh, Zen is nice and, and undeniably high pay is, is one thing that would attract someone. But yeah. Who do you think would be best suited? Like, what kind of person would be suited for exactly what you do? Um, somebody who has the ability to understand how the equipment works well enough to to know what it's going to do when you when you do something. Um, Somebody who's kind of mechanically minded a little bit? A little bit. You don't have to exactly know how to work on them, but you have to know how they work um, a little yeah. bit so you understand what you're do, trying to do with it um, in a lot of cases. Um, I would suggest that. Um, you, you do have to know a little math on stuff. You know, if you're doing grade and dirt work, you have to know a little math, but it's not, it's not bad. Mm -hmm. Um, The joystick controls remind me of video games in the 80s, like the late 80s and early 90s. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Look, I got a story to tell you, actually. I was with my son when he was maybe four. He's six now. And my son, if you ever met him, he's such a unique character because he's he's a little boy and everything that goes along with it. But he's he's so serious and he doesn't believe in make-believe things. And he thinks Santa's creepy 
And, you know, the tooth fairy is creepy. You tell him that someone's going to come under his pillow to get a tooth in the middle of the night. And he's like, why? That's why. This is my room. <laughs> you know, he just doesn't believe in. He believes in superheroes. But if he saw someone, he loves superheroes, just like little boys do. But if he saw someone dressed as a superhero, he'd be like, why is that person in a costume? Just very, very serious and very literal. We, he had to have been four years old. We saw somebody working in an excavator in um, a city type setting. And when I tell you, I have never, it's the only time in his entire life, he's, uh, he's six and a half now, only time in his entire life, I watched him look at somebody with true hero awe on his face. And it wasn't the machine. It was the dude on the machine. And he was just like, he, like, he wanted to meet him. He wanted to shake his hand. Like that to him was a true hero. And, and to this day, he's like, I would like that job. I'm like, you do it, buddy. Like that is, I mean, who doesn't? like to have joysticks to play with all day long. And I say that it's not fair because I'm saying it from an outsider's perspective. So to hear you say that is so validating for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of like, so uh, when I started running dozers, they were like foot pedal steer and stuff like that. And now with everything being like the, the pilot controls where you get the one joystick for the, the run, the blade and the other joystick that runs the, forward and backwards and turning, you know, like your directional control and you got the buttons on there for your speed and stuff. And it's just and a, like a, a scroll back and forth. Well, it depends on which one. Some of them have like a scroll back and forth, throttle up and down. And uh, it depends on what you're running, but. Um, you would do like up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, start, whatever it is, <laughs> just to see what happens. Uh, I, not, uh, I don't think I should be allowed to have those kind of powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm already kind of a kind of uh, a problem the way I am, so I'll probably limited <laughs> ammo or whatever. Or limited lives would be a real problem. <laughs> I think that's unlimited lives, isn't it? Oh uh, <laughs> man, yeah, yeah, that'd be a problem if you gave me unlimited lives. Uh, uh, try it tomorrow. <laughs> okay, we'll give it a look. But yeah, it just you know it's it's running the joysticks. It's really a lot easier than it used to be. Uh, now the worst part of my day is I get like I'm, I'm ADHD and I get super zoned in on stuff, and like I get really like like hyper focused into my task, and I really like not not paying attention to things, and then like you know. Some time goes by and I realize I haven't drank water in like four hours and I need have been out of the seat in six hours or eight hours and I need to um I, I have that problem personally. So But you um, called it Zen. So would you say back to Cruz's question, you said what kind of person is a good fit for this role? Would you think people who have ADHD, like they enjoy this from like a cathartic experience kind of Zen activity? Uh, it can be, um, hyper-focus when you're on those like super critical, like very precise tasks is great. And yeah. then like, like rough cutting with a dozer is just so relaxing. Once you get to like, you get the start point, knock you down to grade. And then you just, just keep working your way mm -hmm. out from there and just shave it on your way out from there. And, um, and then it's just so back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's so kind of rhythmically, melodically, back and forth, doing the same thing. Just stick it with it. You get to the next grade, you know, the next grade stake, you, you double check to make sure what the change is. Like, are we going to like 
from 3% to 4, 5% or like, what are we doing here? And then you just go back to what you're doing after you, you figure out the change in grade and you just keep going back and forth and um, doing that is just super relaxing to be honest. Like for me, per for me personally, it is just kind of really relaxing. Um, yeah, there's something to be said for uh, it's almost like uh, waves coming in and out, right? Just that same nice, smooth rhythm. You know exactly what you're doing. You're just in that, uh, for all intents and purposes, they would call it like in the zone, right? You're just yeah. in that meditative zone state. I meditate on bulldozers, I guess. <laughs> Everybody has no, I th yeah. If I, meditate I on think that's. I think that's a that's a that's a good thing, you know. I think some people might some feel like, oh well, I, you know, I want to be like, you know, I don't want I, I want to be constantly stimulated this way or that way. And then there are definitely those, and myself included, sometimes that just actually want to have a task. Life is complex enough. I've got a million different mm -hmm. other things to worry about. You got family. You've got you know balancing checkbooks and all that kind of stuff. I just dated myself balancing checkbooks. Um, but you've got all these like, you know, things you've got to deal with that are such a hassle. And then you can kind of occasionally get to that place. And it's nice. I imagine to be able to do it at work where it's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm nailing this, you know, and I'm just in that rhythm. It is, it is, uh, very nice to be able to do that. And like, I've been a foreman for a couple different companies. I I've been, you know, um, the boss man before, but I tell you what, um, there was never enough extra pay to cover the extra headache for me personally. I just, I, I don't, I don't deal with other people and I don't deal with BS very well. And, mm -hmm. and I really hate being lied to. And as soon as you become the boss, man, uh, everybody, the company's lying to you. Your employees are lying to you. It's like, God dang guys. Like what's up with this stuff? Uh, I think this self awareness to know that, like, hey, because that's where people struggle is like they get promoted to a position where either either they're not actually qualified for that role or they're not they don't enjoy it. Uh, and th like to, to have the self awareness to say, look, I'm gonna I'd rather step back down, thank you, uh, because like you said, the pay doesn't compensate the headaches. Yeah, that's great. That's incredibly yeah. impressive. My uh, my old job always told me I can always come back, and that's been recently when they threatened me with that again. Um, like the guy like, that was awesome, you know, and, and I really needed it at the time, but, uh, and that, but like, I, I really don't enjoy the extra headache. It was not, it was not, it was, you not know, you. I, the job was fine, but the, there's all the extra headache that never seemed to go away. It was just, you know, it was just a revolving door of, of problems that just kept showing up and I, I don't like problems that i can't solve and i can't solve corporate misleading sales guys misleading you on jobs and corporate you know changing the rules to make life harder constantly that aren't making things actually safer um you know yeah i 
I understand that myself, brother, because I, I, I did. Uh, I worked a job for 15 years and the first 10 of them were just me busting my butt and doing my job and, and it was all gravy. And then I ended up in middle management and that's a whole different can of worms. And it wasn't, of course, on some level, even I go, you go to salary and you're making less than you are hourly ultimately anyway and just dealing with headaches. So I, I, I feel you completely. And I think I think a lot of people out there can relate to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like that, like that again, middle management where you have no ability to affect the what you need to like what your employees want changed, and you have no ability to to affect you know, the the problems you see in the company, and you just you know um, you're leading from a position that has no authority, <laughs> which is rough, but it's what it is. So I've experienced it. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think a lot of people are hearing you say that and going, yeah, that makes sense. You're probably, we said that we want you to get on this interview because we, we think you have the opportunity to change a life of somebody who is trying to figure out what they want to do in a career. In the back of my mind, I was thinking that life would be somebody who's young, who's trying to figure out like, you know, maybe they're they're working fast food right now and, and, or whatever. And they're like, no, I got to pick a career. What can I do? And this guy is talking about heavy equipment operation. He seems to really love it. Maybe I should try that. That's what I had in mind. Now I'm picturing all these middle-level managers out there going, all right, I listened to that podcast. I am stepping down. <laughs> this is he's, it's not really what I had in mind, but hey, it's changed my life. Yeah, I have a I have a brother-in-law who's an engineer that was like, ser- like seriously, uh, it, he found a better job that he actually likes now, but he was working a job he did not like at the time. And he's like, yeah, that, uh, what, what do I need to get into that? And I'm like, Oh God. Oh God. Um, you know, told him and he's like, okay, I think I could do that. And I'm like, Oh, my sister's going to kill me. My sister's going <laughs> to kill me. Like, nope, don't, don't, don't find this on me. Um, but like you could see when I was doing something that was actually happy and, you know, I was make, yeah. making good money and happy. Like you, if you can combine those two things, two things, you're like, you're unstoppable. Cause you really don't care what anybody else thinks. All of a sudden. You know, I mean, uh, you're happy and have money. You're like, yeah, pfft, you know, that to me, that's the definition of success. And I think the definition of success has gotten skewed a bit, but that's me on my soapbox. Yeah. But I think you just did it. You said it very simply. Look, I'm making good money and I'm happy in what I do. What What more do I want? Yeah. The rest of it's just living my life. So. Totally agree. Totally agree. If you can just be happy and have enough money that you can, don't have to worry all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, peace of mind for sure is priceless. Um, ultimately, you've got a bunch of people like Nicole mentioned in middle management right now who are thinking uh, 45 bucks an hour. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, no BS. And uh, I get to drive super robots. Pretty awesome, man. Pretty awesome. So there's got to be people out there that are hearing this and like, you know what, like we said, or, or I think it's pretty cool for anyone out there that would be interested in, in getting the ball rolling. What, what would you suggest? How would they go about it? Um, if you know what you want to do, I would contact either the, like, if you're going to go work directly for a company, I'd go contact them and see what they want, like what, what they would prefer for qualifications. Uh, like if they want you to go to specific trade schools, cause that's the ones that, they like the best um i would suggest going there you know uh, if that's the place you want to work at eventually 
you know, you might have to go work somewhere else to get your time built up for them to take you. But um, if you got the qualifications that they want when you show up, if, uh, you know, you're going to get that job eventually if you just keep showing up and applying. Um, I suggest uh, for personal experience, contacting your local union hall and asking questions. Uh, they have uh, people there Monday through Friday at most of them. Um, usually, you know, eight or nine to, to five. Um, what is the union? What's it? What's the heavy equipment union called? I am out of the international union of operating engineers. Um, there's some other ones and like most, uh, most unions have operators, you know, like carpenters have guys that run the, the lifts, they're the, the telehandlers and stuff, the rough train lifts and stuff like that. So you can usually find most union halls will, will hire operators. Um, I'm not, you need to ask a lot of questions, but you got to do that because not everybody pays the same and not everybody um, has the same qualification that you need to, to get started. So, um, but I will say this about unions. They are always very like it's all it's documented um, as far as, how much am I going to make? Well, with this level of experience, you're going to make this. We can guarantee that. And with this level of experience, you're going to make this. We can guarantee that. That's typically what you see in the unions that I've worked with, but I'm only familiar with more of the MEP, mechanical, electrical, plumbing side of the house. So is it seems similar? Is it similar with yours? Yes. Yeah, it's similar with mine. Uh, there's a, there is a scale um, like you can tell, like as an apprentice, I'm going to make this, this, and then as you go up the, up the scale, you'll, you know, as you hit the, your benchmarks as an apprentice, you'll, you know, start moving up the scale. Um, and it's all, as it, you know, as you're signing up, they're showing you this and they're explaining it to you. And um, I showed up day one and tested out of and into the journey level position, so I kind of jumped the line a little bit. You because you grew up on a farm, which yeah, yeah, I mean, that's I, I, fair, though. Yeah. Um, my dad's got photos in a photo album somewhere where my parents do it in a photo album somewhere. Me literally stay, have to stand up to run a bulldozer because, uh, like, you run on the foot pedals, and I had to literally like stand on with both feet to push down enough to get it to turn. Um, so, and, like um, – my my mom would run me from school to job sites and drop me off. And a lot of times I'd be the only person on the job site just running it, oh you know, until my dad got there from work, you know, and um, get there and help, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a different time back then, but. Yeah. Yeah. Latchkey kids and all this uh, yeah. kind of the equivalent. You were, you were a latchkey worker. Yeah. I was employee number one. <laughs> Employee number one. That's perfect. You need the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's great advice as far as how to get started. You know, there's so much debate out there as far as union, non-union. I think there are ways to start in the trades that are non-union, but I've no. never, that are very successful. And there's great, great, great companies out there to work for that are non-union. But to your point, like going to approach the union, they're in connection with so many contractors and they have these standards in place to say, Hey, this is what you're going to learn. This is what you're going to make. So it, it does offer that structure or that kind of career path that is, uh, look, I haven't met a lot of people who are in the union who regret it, um, because you know, they've got a pension, they've got all these different things. So 
it's not me being pro-union versus non-union, all that. I'm just saying, like, that's a great, I think that was great advice. Yeah. And I've, I've been on both sides and I do like, personally, I have never had a union do me like, you know, treat me wrong. Right. Um, and I, I do know some people who have, have told me horror stories, uh, but that, that was really like a really rare thing of, uh, and I, I don't know how much I actually believe that to be honest, but it was, yeah. you know, um, I'm, I'm sure you can have a bad experience. I mean, you mean you can have a bad experience at Disney world, right? I was going to so, say, yeah. Um, I just, you know, everybody's got a different experience and everybody likes different things. So it's just, uh, it's hard to, hard to have one fit for all, you know what I mean? Um, and a lot of the people that I hear complaining about things and, um, are just like normal parts of the job that they're complaining about. Um, and like, I don't think it's, um, I think some people, sorry, I think some people got themselves into a position or in a, into a, a job that they didn't quite understand what they were getting themselves into. And then now they're, you know, mad that they have to do their job sometimes. And that they probably just, and like, don't get me wrong. Like if you don't like the job that you need to start figuring out what you do like and start heading that direction because, um, in the end, the only person in the world that can make you happy is you. And, um, if you find a job you actually like, uh, you can smile enough that you end up with starting getting the weird little lines on the sides of your face. And Cruz got, Cruz got him. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's quite a, quite a few. Yeah, I'm too. I'm 37. Definitely, I smile a lot. But uh, well, I'm 38 in a couple, uh, few, couple weeks. So, um, but yeah, I just I, you gotta find what works for you, what makes you happy. If you you, I mean, I've worked as a carpenter. I've worked like a post frame, and I've worked as. Uh, I've worked on finishing concrete. I've, I've done a lot of different things, um, trying to figure out what I liked over the years. And, um, you know, sometimes it just takes you figuring out what you don't like to figure out what you do like. Um, and I know it's weird that I ended up back doing something I've done since I was a kid, but, um, I should have transitioned to this a lot sooner. <laughs> You're only uh, 37. You're still young. Like I think that you found it in good time. I mean, you, and you had to go through, you said it, you got to figure out what you don't like to know what you do like. And yeah. you're 37, like you're young. There's so many people watching this going, does he keep calling himself old? Didn't he just say he was 37? <laughs> yeah, I'm not old. I just wish I'd found it sooner. I mean, that's, there's yeah, nothing, that's fair. nothing wrong with wishing you, you cut out some of the rougher roads and, and that's true. <laughs> so. Character building. Yeah. Right. Hindsight is always hi, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But if you find yourself in the right spot, I mean, if you if you're in the right spot now, you've got you know decades there, and, oh, and yeah. it's all smooth sailing. So this is a great thing. This is um this is awesome information, brother. It really helps. It really helps us out. Helps Nicole out. Um, 
helps everyone else out there that's that's watching kind of get some idea and a feel for feel for what's out there um is there anything you want to plug while you're here anything uh a website profile anything no no you're right you're right with us tagging you on tiktok with uh okay great yep thank you guys for having me oh it's our pleasure Thanks. We'll, we'll let you know once it's all posted and up and ready to go. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Benjamin. Take care of yourself, brother. Thank you. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks. <laughs>